my name is Isabel. Um, today yeah. is the 31st of August 2020 and this interview is taking place via phone call. To get us started, I'd like to know a little bit about you and your background. Can you tell me your name and the year you were born, please? And the year I was born? Yes. Yeah, sure. So it's Hugh Fife, remembering I'm on the young... Usual spelling of F I F E, mm -hmm. and I was born in 1954. Fantastic. Where did you grow up? I grew up in London, left London as long intended as soon as I was past 17 years old and headed for Scotland mm -hmm. because of some Scottish ancestry. And anyway, I just headed for Scotland as soon as I turned 17 and uh, never looked back. And what is your professional or work background? Well, it, it is very mixed. I do have to say I've done a lot of outdoor um, land work. I mean, I've done forestry. I've done a lot of years of self-employed gardening. Um, and I still do sort of woodland access work, which is relevant to some of the arts and the mental health that I'll be talking about. Um, but one of my very earliest jobs, arriving in Mid-Argyle in uh, 1972-73, was that I, uh, well I think it was 1974, I, I took up a post as a nursing assistant at Argyle and Butte Psychiatric Hospital mm. in Lock Hill Bed in Mid-Argyle. Mm -hmm. Um, so I stayed there a few years, working in there, which greatly interested me. I was offered a chance of training, nurse training, but I decided at that age I didn't want to and I was uh, sort of hankering about really working outdoors. Um, but it was a very big eye-opener for me working in that it was a very significant hospital because there were still 500 patients in there then um, and uh, there was a occupational therapy department in which there was uh, basic crafts and painting and it was my job part of my job was accompanying particular patients along to the occupational therapy Mm -hmm. which I also did a lot later in my life as well but um, it greatly interested me that and I will say that I became aware because of I happened to be uh, sort of friendly with one of the the main psychiatrists there uh, because his son was a friend of mine and uh, very local people and um, the that psychiatrist was himself a really fine artist and he was trying to encourage there to be more art, particularly creative art, rather than just um, sort of kits of things that they tended to construct things out of in, the, in that department. Um, he wanted to have more freeform creative painting, um, and, uh, but he was blocked um, by the management who didn't that. Mm. So it was something I became aware of. And I even can remember, obviously, 
know, not mentioning any names, but I can think of a particular patient that I would accompany along who was um, a restricted patient, wasn't allowed to leave the hospital or anything, and, you know, he wasn't a voluntary patient, and he had quite a background, and he painted vividly, and I could tell that it was important to him, but he was left to himself rather doing that. So I had this interest in, from that time, even though for a long while after that, I wasn't so involved in mental health or indeed the arts immediately after that. Mm. Thank you. So um, after that spell, I was, um, <coughs> I was uh, really more involved with forestry and gardening. Um, I did some writing myself. I had a book published on native trees in that era and um, I, I kept up linked with that hospital because I was uh, a member of the hospital, what was then called the Hospital League of Friends. And I had a few pals that I played music with and I organised a couple of events even after I stopped working for the NHS at the hospital. Um, so, I, so I kept up some contact in years after that. Um, so jumping ahead a bit into the um, early 90s after I've been doing really a lot of gardening, that was my main kind of thing, and being living here with my wife, raising our daughters, I um, I wanted a bit of a change and I wanted some more qualifications, which I really didn't have much of, even since school and didn't have. Um, and I was offered, I had connections to uh, Scottish Natural Heritage, a little bit of links with people working for um, Scottish Natural Heritage in that era in the early 90s. I was offered a chance of going on a course run by Highlands and Islands Enterprise, which was um, re linked really to sort of community tourism and sustainable tourism. And I joined a few others on this kind of distance learning, well, it was largely distance learning, but it included a lot of travel throughout the Highlands and Islands. And um, it sparked a lot of interest in me, and I happened to come across somebody who was a tutor in that, who was uh, working in disabled access, disabled countryside access. Um, after that, well, during that era and after, and I kept up contact with her, and I became very, very interested in the whole thing about disabled countryside access. And I realized it wasn't just about persons who were using wheelchairs, that there were many, many people who might not be accessing the countryside for a big variety of um, health conditions. And I was, because I've been involved in native trees, I was uh, involved with the voluntary organisation Reforesting Scotland. And I then became a staff, part-time staff member with Reforesting Scotland and I raised funds and I set up a project all about woodland access. And I travelled about Scotland Edinburgh, Fife, Aberdeenshire, and Inverness, and in various of these locations I was in contact with people who were uh, users of mental health services, 
very much so, for instance, in, in Edinburgh. Um, and then I started doing some of it here, so I started having connections with the Argyll and Butte Hospital again. And I was running kind of woodland access projects. It was a whole variety of things, but it did involve um, bringing woodworkers to people or uh, and people learning uh, woodcraft, including, as I say, people with mental health issues, learning woodcraft, um, other art forms. Uh, so that was taking a lot. I was very, very busy in the 90s doing that all over the place, having finished gardening. But um, so the whole, all the work was a variety of outdoors and indoors, different parts of Scotland. Um, I was away a lot, but still based in Clinton. And uh, in, I had the chance then, I, I, there was a post came up at Argyle View Hospital already shrinking somewhat in its population um, as voluntary services manager. So that meant managing a, a group of volunteers and it also meant running events. So I applied for that, that post, part-time post, and got it. Um, so I was returning to work for the NHS and Argyle View Hospital after um, 25, nearly 25 years, uh, returning there. And uh, I did, um, it was just my, I mean, I was kind of left to myself to some extent, and I... And there were even a tiny few patients still there. I mean, people who've lived their whole lives in the hospital since they were young. And were still there when I, re you know, they were there when I was there in the 70s and they were still there when I returned uh, in 2000 and something or other. And uh, confined, and I think I can say this for reasons perhaps that they shouldn't have been. Um, and by the time, that time, they were so institutionalised that uh, it was diff difficult to go out again. But the hospital was, even quite early on, was um, working towards um, taking, uh, having patients living out in the community more. So there was quite an, already quite a number in, in and around Lock Hillpit of flats and places where people who had been patients uh, were now living. Um, so I organised things in the hospital. There were some locked wards and others not. And uh, I had a great interest in music with uh, leaning towards uh, Scottish traditional. And I established a music festival at the hospital. Now, as far as I know, um, such a thing hadn't been done before. Uh, maybe a bit, a bit like it, but I wanted this to be quite a full-blown festival. And uh, that was 2004, I think. And uh, I invited a whole lot of local musicians, but also a couple from some a band from Glasgow, a professional band. And we had three days of music things in in this huge sprawl of this hospital, using the big hall, but also taking music into the locked wards and the old folks wards and running uh, we ran workshops in Glasach 
and uh, percussion, and it was very successful. And I was able to persuade the authorities that it was slightly public, so we had people coming in. Obviously, they couldn't come into some of the wards, but the public came into the main hall when we had music on. We recorded it all, it's all reported on, all the music was recorded. Um, and I, I think it was an utter success, extremely good. I continued after that doing various music, uh, some other things going on, and I was in touch with uh, music in hospitals and had some of that I would organise when they, when they had their people that travel around going to hospitals and care homes, so I would um, host them at the, in at the hospital which all the time the population hospital going down and down, 500, 400, 300, 200. Uh, the talk of what would happen in the future and shutting down the building and building a new unit. Um, but also in that era, uh, still being involved in woodlands a lot, I developed a project at the hospital to restore the, the old woodlands around the hospital and that got off the ground and we set up a committee and we completely renovated all these woods and patients could go out walking and I put on events in the woods including uh, painting and woodcraft, lots of woodcraft, uh, very good experience woodcraft trainers coming in about sort of pole lace turning, carving, um, Music outdoors, we had, we made wooden musical instruments. And so we were very, very active outdoors while I was still working in the hospital in my general volunteer services manager role with a tiny few volunteers, with everything shrinking. Um, so I'm getting on in years by then, and uh, mm -hmm. I um the hospital really was really, really winding down and um, <clears throat> and I think it was coming time where I kind of was letting go of the wooden project at the hospital as well and to a large extent, but I decided to leave the NHS uh, in 2000 and, uh, 2012 or 2014. I um, thought, well, I've got a bit of working life in me yet and I... I joined, I became a support worker with the Affinity Trust. I was working then, um, as it happens, I was, they were very pleased I joined the Affinity Trust, which was newly established in our area. And then it had previously been entirely for people with learning difficulties, but they were taking on contracts now for people with mental health issues. And I um, became a support worker actually, um, supporting patients, long-stay patients coming out of the hospital into their own their own accommodation. And that's what I was doing. And once I felt that once the, the last of those long-stay patients had actually been uh, come out into the community and they decided not to build a new psychiatric hospital but to just have a one very small ward in the relatively fairly new um, general hospital in Loch Elbert, um, and even in there, latterly, I was uh, still involved with that with that ward that was uh, but uh, no no actual psychiatric hospital uh, anymore. 
Um, so then I'm getting near the end here. <laughs> I still do. Uh, I, I sort of out, out my mostly my environmental contracts for uh, the Woodland Trust and the local authority on um, countryside paths. I do a lot of the, the maintenance, so I still do a bit of that in the summer. Um, but in some of those years of working at the, the hospital, I had there was a what was called the patient's canteen, but to say everything was changing. Uh, and in there, I was putting on music, so I'd bring in my pals, uh, and we'd be and I'd put notices around the, all the remaining wards, and patients would come and my volunteers would escort them as necessary uh, to this patient's canteen called the Lee Centre. And we had a whole variety of music, great music sessions in there, uh, and everything from Scottish to rock, uh, pop, a whole variety of stuff going on. And, and, and uh, a, a, a lassie who worked in occupational therapy called Isla, she was a musician, so she was part of that. And that one was really going well, but all the time, uh, so the, the, the hospital was under threat of closure anyway. Um, so when it did close, and when I left, um, I talked to some of my pals, including people that I was still in contact with, with mental health issues, and we established what we called the Easy Club. Um, it's taken from the name of an old club in Edinburgh, but um, uh, the Easy Club, and we managed to uh, get the support of the local authority for us to use as a base uh, the Disability Resource Centre in Loch Ilford, and we started having music sessions in there, and the user group is people with disabilities, learning difficulties, mental health issues, addictions, um, people experiencing isolation. So it's a, obviously a small rural area, so it's not lots and lots of people, but I think part of what I, what it does and what I've done in the past is, is not just about supporting people with mental health issues, but it's um, and, and enabling them to be creative, but other people who, who are not people experiencing these issues, it opens their eyes a bit to have this contact with and uh, musically, um, that's what we do. So we run that club, has been pretty curtailed during lockdown, but we did play uh, with full local authority approval outdoors uh, only a few days ago, the first time all back together. Mm. Um, so we, we play music together and we're doing composing together. I, I've got also to refer back to the hospital. I've been involved in um, uh, poetry sessions and um, a crossover with the um, chaplain of the hospital that had been uh, hadn't didn't used to be a chaplain, but there was one latterly while I was working there, and he's a great singer. Um, so those singing workshops, poetry workshops, those of us still in my days working there. But um, I do the Easy Club now, basically, and it's a voluntary position. I'm just on the committee with others, and um, 
it's I try to be very encouraging to people. Some people who are quite vulnerable can be quite shy if they're ever playing music in front of people. But I'm trying to encourage them to get creative and, and to compose, whether they sing or play guitar or keyboards or accordion. Um, so we're we're intending to do more recording and. Yeah, that's my involvement really with the arts. Wow, fantastic. Thank you. Brilliant. What are some of your favourite memories of being involved in the arts and mental health community? Ah, well, um, the, the music festival of 2004, I, I would say, um, very much so, if ever I remember to listen to the CD, and I'm quite happy to search out a copy and lend it to somebody. I don't know, I've still got it electronically somewhere. Um, but I've got it on CD. Uh, I think it's a great mix of music and, and, and it was just so, so enjoyable. Um, and, uh, but, but um, somewhat earlier than that, while I was running this uh, sort of Woodland Access with the organisation Reforest in Scotland, I very much enjoyed having my contact with Sam H, Scottish Association of Mental Health. Uh, that's quite significant. I could have, I made a partnership with them and they, they were quite significant to what I was doing. And I, um, I had a, a, a really nice crossover in the late 90s with, um, now what's it called, Red, Red Hall Walled Garden in Edinburgh wonderful Sam H project all users of mental health services you know running a garden and they were into kind of music and arts and crafts as well so I had a good crossover with them so that's another of my good memories and then uh, and and also when, when we kind of really launched the wooden by, by the hospital um, having big events I like big events basically exhausting afterwards but I like big events and uh, or big for this area anyway um, and and really just latterly um, to say not all the, the people who are members and players in the, the Easy Club are using mental health services or even have been but but several are um, there are people who have uh, have or have had whichever way you put it uh, addiction issues and have lived somewhat isolated and I know how animated and creative they are when we're all together playing so yeah mm, thank you um, what impact did your work have on your own mental health what an interesting question um, I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm I'm a confident kind of I, I'm not I'm, I, I can be very nervy but I'm a conf confident not nerdy nervy kind of person but I I'm I'm sort of got an inner confidence I I know that I'm at ease talking to people with problems I just I just know I am it doesn't faze me at all um, hospitals don't bother me of uh, any sort and. Um, just uh, I have I continue to be it, 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 it showed me many things I have seen people with really quite 
extreme backgrounds, um, really going back to childhood, and then some, and then play in the most unbelievable bit of music um, on whatever instrument, and um, it's very, very uplifting. So it's, it's been uplifting for me, for sure. Mm, brilliant, thank you. I'm, I'm just very pleased to see, obviously, this has even been brought out more, in a way, because of... Um, the pandemic and lockdown, it, it is so very clear that good mental health and artistic creativity uh, or, art, or even just access to the arts is uh, so significant to us all. Yes. Mm. And when you first started working, how was mental health viewed? I mean, I mean, really, really differently. Uh, the, the psychiatric hospital, I said, had 500 when I started working there. didn't even been above that before that, apparently. But um, uh, And I did a quite a, during my later time there, I did quite a study into the history of the whole hospital. And I know that when it was called an asylum, and when it was created in the Victorian era and things, there was an awful lot of well-meaning people about why it was done. Um, and there would have always been good nursing and good care, but I mean, there were, it was there were far too many people in there, and the, all the classic thing of young lasses being put in there because they'd been they'd had a child uh, out of wedlock and things, and, and masses and people in there because of learning difficulties or injury that was not what we'd really call psychiatric problems. Uh, and I saw a lot of it, and quite honestly, I'll be frank about it, when I worked in the 70s, I saw cruelty as well, mm. from the nursing staff to the patients. So without a doubt, I saw the opposite, but I did see cruelty and um, great ignorance. And um, but the and I'm, I'm very, still very sceptical about the, the very high use of medication. I'm trying, trying to learn, you know, that when it's good, it's good, but um, I, uh, I just, it has all improved a lot. Obviously, things are much more out in the public eye. There are psychiatr psychiatrists uh, who talk of a whole range of therapies now, and staff are much more uh, better trained in the right uh, person-centered approach. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, and a lot of the hospitals have shut or shrunken, and that's that's overall good. And there's an awful lot of good, good care in the community in spite of difficulties, but there is. Mm. So it's it's it, yes, it's got it's got better. There are there's there's a different kind of. You know, I I've talked about people who have been. examples of schizophrenia who are um, and then become totally institutionalized well I mean there's going to be, there's going to be less of that in this sense but but there are there are there are wider obviously uh, threats to mental health of the wider community in modern society mm. but then there's lots of good arts out there so that's got help <laughs> and I, I like to I like I do talk to people about the Scottish Mental Health Arts Festival, SMAF, and uh, you know I haven't even mentioned that because I did have a reasonably good amount of involvement mm. 
uh, I was going to have again this year. I went to meetings in Glasgow for the SMAF festival uh, that would have happened this year, and I went through plans and fundraising for that, and uh, it didn't happen, but it's all on the back burner waiting to happen. And a few years ago, I did some musical things during the festival here and uh, hosted... Uh, I think I hosted a comedian or two, which was, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, taking uh, patients from the hospital down in the town into one of the uh, lounge bars to, to watch very modern, risque comedians, that was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, I, you know, I'd always wanted to get involved with SMAP again, so through the Easy Club, that is the, sort of what's happening. Mm. Brilliant. So, what do you think has contributed to the change in attitude from when you started working um, till now? Right. Um, well, I mean, I've, I feel I've done a lot, but I've met all sorts of inspiring practitioners. Um, I'm trying to remember what they say, arts organisation there was in Edinburgh, arts and mental health, what was it called now? in the 90s, just can't think what it was, and I found them very inspiring. So I just think it's come from a whole lot of different angles, and and, um, and local authorities have made sure that the staff, and, and the NHS have made sure that the staff are, are much better trained and um, understand the issues much better. Um, that, that's All that's contributed from the sort of, as it were, governmental side of things, you've got to give them credit. Uh, for that, and then big movements like the Scottish Mental uh, Scottish Association of Mental Health and the Mental Health Foundation, and then all the projects like um, that that uh, see me or was that, that I forgot one of the right names. There have been a lot of projects and movements, and indeed I've met some very um, motivated activists who are members of um, mental health, what can I say, clubs, like Life's of an Inverness. Um, I, went to meet, I went to meet them uh, more than once, and uh, they do a lot of creative arts, and the, although they have some, some staff, it's really much user-led. And these things seep out into the general public, as in the public become aware um, having said that, there's plenty, plenty to go, I think, uh, in, in public awareness of such issues. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, what sort of arts and mental health community existed at the time? Sorry, it did exist at the time. Yes, like, do you feel there was an arts and mental health community existing at the time that you started working? Oh, no, I didn't. I, I wasn't aware of it. I mean, of course it would be things, and things I've learned since, that um, the concept is not brand new by any means. It's the same as the thing I've been working in, uh, with mental health in, yeah, out in nature, and, and I wasn't the first to see this kind of thing. It's been there, but I wasn't, as, a, as a, in my early employment, young I wasn't really aware of any 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 kind of movement in that way um, 
And as I say, I go back to the beginning, this psychiatrist, a very fine gentleman he was, local man, um, trying to encourage creative painting and was turned down. I mean, the psychiatrist did not have the last say in the way a place was managed. It isn't the same kind of management as it has uh, as often been since, but there, there was management that was not doctors and psychiatrists and, and this one just stuck his neck out saying that there should be more freeform painting and was not able to achieve make mm-hmm. that happen in, in the 70s incredibly mm-hmm. yeah and uh... so, but gradually of course I, I was I mean I pushed a bit you know and some of the nursing staff later on would be going what's he up to now but I know that I also got the great support of of, of the system mm-hmm. to be able to do that, to be yeah. able to bring people into the wards um, and people out of the wards. So, I mean, obviously a lot of my, my thing is, is coloured by, you know, institution, even though it's all shut now, but um, I still get, I still want and uh, get frustrated, a bit of a strong word, but... I know there are still people in um, the communities of Argyle, Argyle and Butte, who um, are not accessing the potential local arts that they could be. Some of them just don't want to, but some of them just are not aware of it or are too uh, shy to come forward and get get involved, and I, that's what I would like to see more of. That there are more of these people, some of whom have been in, you know, uh, mental health services for a long time, but um, would benefit if they got into more community arts and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you make people aware of the work you were doing? I'm very into promotion of things, and I've also been very uh, tied in with, uh, say, fundraising and various of my posts. But um, I, 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 I very quickly, even the local paper, our local paper is, is very wet, well, it's only for our area. It's uh, a sister paper of the olden times, the Argyleshire Appetizer, but I mean, nobody knows it outside this area, but it's quite well read here. And they've been pretty supportive. So I've read from things at the hospital or the hospital woodland or other or now the Easy Club will often get um, pictures and articles in. Of course, I you know there are pictures. I'm always getting appropriate consents, or if not, then then not using those pictures. But um, I uh, I think I think have, having these things in the press is important. And I've, I've had things in, in some bigger newspapers than that as well. Uh, a little bit on the radio. I think I think that kind of thing, uh, and I, talking in a broader sense, out with what I've done um, again, the SMAF. I mean, it's an incredible thing having a whole film festival and all this, and it occasionally gets on to the national news on TV. But blink and you miss it. So I think that you know something I talk about to people about. I say, well, there's all this amazing drama and music and going on in all parts of Scotland and uh, you know the more that kind of thing can be out there on the, on the news and everything then the better mm. yeah 
And uh, you mentioned fundraising. Who funded the work that you were doing? Oh, it's so varied. I can't. I, can't, I don't know. If I even begin begin to tell you. Yeah. Um, the big giving charities like the, the Robertson Trust, um, local authorities, Forestry Commission, um, uh, Scottish Natural Heritage, um, a whole range of charitable trusts. Quite honestly, I've had bits out over the years. Um, when I worked for the NHS, that had its I could only go to certain uh, bonds if I wanted extra money in uh, because, it, you know, it was a governmental organisation, not a charity. Um, now, while I'm Easy Club being, a, well, not a registered charity, but it's, a, you know, it's a bona fide community group and with a committee and so on. So the various funders I'm going to for that to cover uh, people's costs and we have, uh, people get travel costs and we have, newspaper advertising and such like buying equipment, buying musical instruments. Uh, so yeah, I've done a lot of fundraising over the years, all sorts of charitable trusts and government agencies. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Thank you. As well, he put, uh, yeah, we, we need now, we put out donation boxes or something sometimes at, at events or at the co-op or something like that. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah. So Small bits just to keep things going, right? Yeah. What are some of the differences between how you accessed funding in the past and fun how you access funding now? Well, that's an interesting question as well. I mean, obviously there's two, there's two layers of that because one is you know things changed somewhat during during lockdown. But having said that, that wasn't a, been a big issue for me now. Although I'm not having to raise very much, and I'd already raised some, so we've got we've got a reserve. I mean, we've got it's a committed reserve. We've got to spend it on the right things, but. Um, I, I don't know really from the past, I mean people talked uh, and I used to go to fun, fundraising events, uh, you know, fundraising um, workshop things, you know, organised by the likes of uh, SCBO, Scottish Council of Voluntary Organisations, organisations like that and, and it was felt that because of ongoing economic recession and that a certain bodies would give less, well obviously government agencies and relatively gave less as time went by, um, but I think the private businesses and charitable foundations kept on giving um, it hard work, and uh, but I think that the, the, there's still money out there, uh, certainly at the moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. easy was it to meet any goals or outcomes in your work? How easy? Yes. Well, it's such a mix. I've done so much. And yes. I mean, I, I came from a, you know, to be quite honest about it, a non-professional background. And then I got a little bit of qualification there, uh, HND later on. And I did loads of courses when I was working for NHS in, in the later stages. I mean, you know, I went on workshops for... Uh, dementia, addiction, uh, mental health, uh, the first 
So yeah, I mean, but mainly I came from a not non-professional background, and uh, uh, not always easy. I, I mean, I've had, I, I have felt at the times. I, I definitely felt I was up against it sometimes because of management, nursing staff, and and it, to some extent psychiatry, psychiatry generally, and I felt up against it to some extent. I'll, I'll be honest about it. It's true. You know, I, I have done, um, but the more things I did, the more convinced I came that that. Uh, that people in a hospital or in any setting who use the mental health services would have a better life if they were accessing the arts and accessing the, the woodlands and the countryside and local history uh, and things. So, um, so I've certainly felt up against it at times. Mm. Yes. But, uh, but I mean, there was always, always a compensatory side of that. Um, uh, one of the top uh, top nurses, at, latterly at the at the uh, psychiatric hospital, was, was was fantastic and very much an environmentalist himself, and he supported my ideas about doing up the woodland there and so on. So there's always that side of it, but uh, no, there are there are there are sort of barriers out there for sure. Mm. To um, you know, you've even experienced that within the Easy Club sometimes. I think there's still, you know, despite things getting better, there's still actual stigma and there's, there's prejudice. There's no doubt about it. There's still a lot of that. people out there, but in the general public or even professionally, who, who um, don't think people who have uh, been involved in uh, experience of mental health, you know, have got their. They think their uh, abilities are, are, are less than what they really are. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's important that, that uh, there are these other bigger organisations, like campaigning organisations, still mm-hmm. out there trying to make people aware of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Why do you think it's important that mental health is covered in art? I can almost think, because it's a bit like your question, you say, what did I get out of it? I mean, I think that this is part of the point, and I'm sure it's part of the point behind SMAP, is that you do these things to make the public aware of the mental health issues. You do these things to make people who, again, I don't ever always like this phrase, but people who have, well, let's say, used um, have lived experience of mental health problems um, to make things better for them. But you're, you're also trying to make it, it also boosts the arts. I mean, the arts become more creative, more artistic. The, the wider diversity of people you have in there, and I mean, and I don't want to be over cliche, but you know, there've been a lot of the most creative uh, artistic people in the past. Of, you know, some of the bad psychiatric issues. I mean, there's a there's a link in there to good mental health and creativity. That just a, 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 you know, human link in there um you don't want to go on about it because some people don't want to don't want to be involved in the arts and other other interests but um there's a really great link there and and i think uh you know the more people who have had or have experience uh, lived experience of uh of mental health problems then they can contribute musically and Poetically and in, in painting or whatever to to the art thing contributed given the chance. Mm. 
And so a very big link, huge link between mm. art and mental health, good mental health, yeah. How would you like the relationship between mental health and the arts in Scotland to develop in the next five to ten years? Well, I'm getting on a bit, so I'll be less involved. Um, <laughs> how would you like it? I, th I think, that I, I mean, I've, I've touched upon it there. I can only keep going on about SMAP because there isn't anything like it. Mm. I don't know about in other parts of the world, but, you know, there isn't anything like it, like it here. It's really big. It covers the whole country. Has has film showings and and all sorts of stuff. So I think that should be, and of course is by by I don't know I can't remember who all the funders are and what government agencies support it. I'm sure do, but it uh, it's very big, and I think that would one big bit of that becoming uh, being secure uh, as well as growing is the media. I think I think the media is a thing. I, it, of course, there's, there's issues right now because there's so many other public issues in health and economy going on. But I think that uh, media awareness of this link between art and mental health is it, well, it's referred to quite a lot, and obviously during this pandemic. But it's it's you know it can't be overstated. So. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know how that, that, I don't think that there, there need to be any great structural changes because you have these very big voluntary sector organisations. Um, local authorities can only do what they can do depending on what budget they've got. But um, and, uh, it'd be great for me to say, oh, wouldn't it be just great loads more public money pumped into mental health and the arts? But, you know, that's... Not, not that likely in the foreseeable, but having said that, it's a very good investment to society as a whole, including young people. And I think there's still a lot of young people out there who uh, benefit to, to, you know, in mental health terms, to greater access to the arts. Mm. Um, again, I think that you've got to grab the public with the art side of it so you know if it's to appeal to young people we'll leave it to have some of that element um uh you got to have the music that's going to appeal to them so yeah mm. thank you but i've got a lot of confidence in the in the in the big voluntary sector i think they're you know, doing a lot of the right doing a lot of the right things mm. Both of the, the big things, but uh, the, the big uh, Scotland-wide or even UK uh, organisations and, uh, and local local mental health clubs and organisations. There's lo lots of them now. I mean, we're in contact with it, but there was it was established as as things were changing, more community and less hospital. There were link clubs set up. That's what they called them here, anywhere. They, they also call them this uh, on Clyde side. Uh, link clubs set up in, in all major towns, uh, supported by the NHS. But now most of them, not all of them, I think, but most of them are independent organisations. Unfortunately, the, yeah, no, there is still there is one here in Loch Ilpet, independently run, user-led, um, and uh, you know, still supported by the NHS and. Uh, there is in in Oban and Campbelltown, and that there are the, 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 this is in fact that's quite an important thing. Now you're asking me these clubs, which a lot of people in the wider public are not always aware of, 
are supported, including financially, so they can have staff and they can cover administration. These clubs are where a lot of the support goes on and social interaction and, and indeed art, artistic creativity in these kind of wee clubs. So, mm. a very important thing. So we've been developing links with the, the relevant club in, in Oban. Um, we were supposed to go and play music with them when pandemic came along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we still keep up that link. Yes, I think those sort of community clubs are very important, particularly in, you know, uh, rural places and talking about highlands and islands and, yeah. Yeah, well, I'd say, I mean, I, I did something with this woodland, old, dilapidated, dangerous, dark, horrible woodland by the psychiatric hospital, and I know, and it's still running now, and actually took a bit of a dip, and of course the hospital shut, but it's a kind of a new, more countryside um, uh, organisation, and Argyle, specifically Argyle, one is now taking it on, and they hope to kind of renovate it again and get it going, and there's still... So this would be for a wider community, but any any users of health services of people with disabilities and so on and children. Um, so yes, this kind of movement's very much there. Uh, and again, you know, ironically, this pandemic's brought them to the fore mm. a lot. My goodness, that whole concept, outdoor learning, and everything else. Yes, very much so. Mm. Yeah. Is there anything else that you would like to say or um, anything you feel we haven't well, discussed? I mean, I'm a bit of jack-of-all-trades, you know, both both in the, in the profession and in, and in arts. I mean, I, I play music, I love playing music, and I encourage good, very good at encouraging other people, but I'm not technically a, a top musician. I just, uh, I, just, I, I just have a go person, and I'm quite good at encouraging others to have a go, um, even if they're quite vulnerable people. Mm-hmm. To, uh, no, I think this is all very interesting uh, as well. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah you, you make me think. It's, it's stimulating to chat to somebody about it all because it makes you think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Well, that's me. I've worked my way through the questions that I've had written down. Um, is there anything final that you'd like to add? No, not really. No. Brilliant. <laughs> well, thank you very well, much. Well, best year, and, and to you. Uh, well, well, we'll know to have some kind of contact here after. Yeah, brilliant. Good on. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah, all the best. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.